welcome once again to Red Ivy. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Goodhart. I'm here with J. Michael Pink. Jimmy, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing wonderful. Doing absolutely wonderful. What's, it's, whoa. What's that? Just, I just thought I'd crack a celebratory beer. Ah, gotcha. Jesus, so like, uh, I don't know what that was. So what's, uh, anything's happening in baseball? What's going on? Well, I, I heard I heard this rumor that the Cubs are in the World Series. Can that actually be true? Yeah, I I almost fell over my teletype this morning when it came across. <laughs> you, got, you got the UPI and the and the API. You got both. No, it came in on the ticker. Uh, oh, it came in on the ticker. Yeah, right? I I'm gonna I'm waiting for later this week for the newsreels to show in the theater so I can tell if it really happened or if I just misread it or something, but. It's possible. Yeah. I don't know. It's that other voice you hear laughing in the background is a producer, Mark Davis. Mark, welcome again to the show. Thanks for having me. It's been a while, huh? I miss you guys. Lots has happened since the last time. Oh, we yeah, started. we had we had a whole series happen in here. A whole uh, championship series happened between podcasts. <laughs> we did. We did. So, so what happened since uh, the last series? Um. I'm working on a little project in my garage. Are you talking about baseball? Or me? <laughs> baseball, man. This, I mean, I don't think we really even spoke uh, about the Dodgers series at all, did we? No, we were previewing. I think. Well, wait. We might have. I think game one. We we talked after game one because that was the Montero Grand Slam. Oh, that's I right. I remember talking about that, but I don't think since then. No, I haven't talked since then. Crazy. Crazy. So what's what's life been like for you guys uh, over the last five days or so? Uh, I would say in fits and starts, both frustrating and, uh, exhilarating the worst, the worst of it was games two and three. Uh, I wasn't feeling nervous or scared. I was just angry (laughs) (laughs) because they just, it it looked so horrible. I was like, this, this is not what I, you know, I did invest a whole year of hoping in this team for, to watch them play like this. Uh, <laughs> take that away <laughs> yeah yeah that's not that's not fun that's not that's baseball is a game of fun uh you know that, that that's there's that no fun yeah you know what's funny is is that jim is usually the the vocal one you know jim's usually the one that kind of gets down the fastest so i was surprised to see how frustrated you got mike it was it was a little bit refreshing, but at the same time, it feels a lot better now in retrospect. <laughs> well, it was looking yeah. bleak, man. It was looking really bleak there for a while. How many innings did they go, Mike, without without Clayton a run? 22. Oh, my God. That's a long freaking time. Yeah, it was it, – it was uh... – I, because it was primarily the guys that you expect to produce that weren't producing. Uh, so, like Rizzo, I mean, yeah, Rizzo, Zobrist. Uh, I mean, Bryant was always producing. He he kept right on producing hits, and or, he was getting on base. But yeah, the rest of that lineup was that was anemic, to put it lightly. And then they broke out by the. By the littlest of things, by a freaking bunt by Ben Zobrist, and then it just freaking broke open. Man, that was that was crazy. Which game? You kind of got this. You kind of got the sense after that happened that everybody, you know, it's kind of a cliche. That's it. All it takes is one thing, and then it sort of snowballs. But it, it snowballed like a mother because after that moment, they scored alternately eight runs, then ten runs, then five runs. So they scored 24 runs in the last three games. Blue <laughs> snowball. It was a big blue snowball. That was, oh my gosh. And then the pitching. Oh my gosh, the pitching. Lack, <laughs> lacking. Hi, my, the pitching. Oh my. I was beside myself. I couldn't believe it. I was twirling my mustache. But the pitching lackey, he he held it down. He was being a beast out there until he got taken out. And then John Lester, 
Oh my goodness. He had an ER his ERA was like what 0.86 so far in the playoffs. Wow. Yeah, John John Lester's has the attitude of kind of just like he's standing out there daring you to beat him. That's why I think people were so there the, the report on him basically, and you can see it all playoffs is just run on him. Basically he can't go to first, just run on him. And people were scared to do it. And I don't think it's because they're afraid of David Ross's arm or whatever. I, I think he actually scares people. <laughs> he like, it's like intimidating people over there on first base. You guys are looking straight in his eyes. And I think Lester had that such an intensity that they're just not quite sure what to do about it. Yeah. I think a lot of them, he, he gives them such an intense look and he's so competitive and he's so into it that I think you're, I, I would have to agree with you. I never thought of it until you like, said, it, but it's like Bruce Willis in Pulp Fiction when he has the, has the samurai sword and he's the guy's going for his gun. It's like, yeah, God, come on. There you go. That's it. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, I was listening or reading somewhere um, where this guy was comparing, uh, he compared Lester to Beckett. And I was like, wait a minute, did they play on the same team at one point? I mean, what do you guys think about that comparison? Does that make any sense to you guys? Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I suppose. I mean, they're both left-handed guys, right? In what in what sense did the, was the comparison made? Well, they or were just the... um, just his tenacity, and um, even in the playoffs, just how consistent. He is, and how other uh, players kind of fear him. That was I didn't finish the article because I I just <laughs> I, I didn't like it. <laughs> but that's what yeah, they I would have. I would have read Josh Beckett's name and stopped reading. But that's just me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not crazy about that guy anymore. Nah. you know he did what he did. Uh, but it, no, I don't. I don't know. I think their styles are quite a bit different. I I don't I don't think it's the same the same type of the same type of pitching uh be honest with you maybe yeah. personality wise I, i'm not really even sure I, I haven't seen beckett pitch in a long time if my memory is sort of cloudy with him but yeah, yeah. lester I, I don't know he's he's a different breed of cat but he's got a he's he's definitely commands the hill he was lights I out man you can draw that comparison you know beckett was a pretty intense guy you know so maybe in that in that respect i mean I suppose that, you know, you could draw a comparison between Beckett and Lester, but otherwise, I mean, really, honestly, Lester, he's, he is just really, he's kind of unique right now in, in the major leagues, um, especially this year, because he's been so successful and he, and he does it with just three pitches and it's not like he's, you know, varying his speeds a ton. It's just that it's that darn cutter. And when he can, you know, he can command the outside of the plate, he can go inside on you. And when it, whenever he has Ross behind the plate, Ross does a fantastic job of framing the pitches. And he's taught that to Contreras and he's taught that to my cat. Be quiet, Jackson. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a joy to watch. You know, that's why I texted you guys when the, you know, the, in the game six that are not game six, game five, that, you know, that's why you pay John Lester. That's, you know, he's worth every, every penny of that 155 million that they gave him. I mean, that's crazy. Just, yeah. I heard, I heard somebody on, uh, I can't remember what show it was. It was one of the morning shows on, I think it was on the score, probably Spiegel and Goff or something, but the, the, the caller was clearly a, I don't think he was an Indians fan per se. He must've been it's possible. He was a white Sox fan or just a general baseball fan. And he's, he called us this, well, you know, uh, look what Cleveland did with, with their minimal payroll. Uh, the Cubs are basically just buying a championship and they both said, yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, no doubt, <laughs> said, man. Whatever it takes. You know? <laughs> Your tax dollars are going to something uh, tangible for for a second. Yeah, I mean, I mean, first of all, I was thinking, you know, one of the guys who's being paid the most on our team is the guy that's we're basically carrying an extra bat on our team. Uh, and that's Jason Hayward. So I don't know where all the money is necessarily buying the championship. I think most of the guys that are really producing are making the least yeah. on the team. That's what's so scary. Yeah. That's what, you know, they're going to have that team 
you know, for the next couple of years, hopefully. You know, yeah, because so. Javi, Javi Baez, this is his second year. Same did it with Bryant. Uh, Rizzo is the 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 veteran at 27. Uh, he's still not. I mean, he's not. You know what his contract is this year, but he's still under control. Uh, all these all these guys, like basically the only free agents they really picked up were Lackey uh, and Zobrist, and. Yeah, Fowler was technically a free agent. Chapman was a trade, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's what do you? They had everybody. It wasn't like buying a championship. This is not like it's not like the Yankees just loading up the loading up the dugout full of you know high priced talent and rolling the dice. This is a, a plan. This is a five year plan. Yeah, coming to fruition. You know, yeah. I don't think anybody's thinking that. It was just a funny, funny call. It's like, oh, they're buying a championship with, with you know, players, players who aren't producing. That's, <laughs> that's that's a lazy call. You know, that was some guy that just wanted to get on the radio because you're absolutely exactly. right, man. It's like that's what you want. You want a good mix of some, you know, free agents that you paid some money for. You hope that you know you get a, a good year or two out of them, and then you have you know a majority of your team is the farm team. You want it to be 70, 30, 80, 20. And I think, yeah. you know, that's what the Cubs are at right now. But well, do you? I don't, I don't. I don't think anybody has. Like, I, as far as I know, there's no teams that are not paying their players. So I'm pretty sure that's a across the board. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, criticism I, being leveled at every team. They're all trying to buy a championship. Kind of work, caller. That's kind of how it works. So, Mike, <laughs> you think uh, struggling to the, through those two games? Um, you think these last three wins was just that much more sweeter just because you yeah, kind of brought everybody down a notch and it just, the reality kind of set in and then just to see your team, just to come together. You're like, okay, yeah, this is the team that we all know and love. So you think it was, I mean, I thought it was going to happen. It just was, I didn't want them want them to wait until the elimination game to get it together. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, okay, being down two one, that's a fine time to pick it back up again. I didn't think they had they were done by any means, but I was just fearing that they were gonna wait until, you know, I was having a heart attack in game five or whatever, and they were, you know, three outs away from elimination, and then they were gonna stage their comeback, but they luckily decided to do it, you know, at a much, much quicker pace. I I don't think it was I was I, like I said, I was not nervous gloomy or panicked i was just like done watching scoreless baseball or scoreless innings yeah i was just like i i don't want to watch this anymore please t- call me when you start scoring runs again kind of an attitude <laughs> it's I, i'm wasting an entire night of my life watching you guys struggle at the plate well yeah that's the other thing though too it's just like i recall like looking at text because i didn't really get a chance to sit down and watch these last three games i've been traveling and stuff for work but just you know, watching you guys' text and, you know, Jim would chime in. He's like, more runs, please. You know, and this is in the last three games. So I'd look at the score and it'd be like 3-0 or, you know, 2-1. And it's, I get that that sense that you want more runs because you want that cushion. But to Jim's point, the other team wasn't scoring. So you guys really could have won those games, you know, 5-2 to or, you know, four to zero but just to get all that cushion i mean just to be able to watch those games and to see them hitting and scoring and just getting stoked that's the icing on the cake right yep and i think you know i think a lot of it has to do with the fact that those guys when they got down and even when they were still slumping they didn't get down on themselves you know sure they were concerned you know sure they were a little bit worried but they didn't let it totally affect their approach, you know? So, you know, I was confident they would eventually bust through. I was glad they did bust through when they did. Um, I can't remember if it was the fourth or the fifth inning in, in, in game, uh, game four. I can't remember which one it was, but when they came back and I finally tied that series, I was like, then I could exhale. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it was like after the series was tied, I mean, I was so freaking not worried, but I was very kind of, you know, had a lot of anxiety. I was nervous. You know, I really wanted them to come out. I was, you know, I was confident 
you know, uh, with Lester on the hill, and I was confident with, you know, with our hitters versus Maeda, you know, I had a feeling they could get to him, you know, but man, before they got a few runs, I was just like, okay, Johnny, keep, you know, keep them down, Johnny, keep them down, get you some, get you some runs on the board. And then finally they did. And I'm like, oh, then I could exhale, yeah. you know, and then worn it on, you know, and then they won the next game. And then I'm like, well, oh, man, can they really come home to Wrigley and win it in game six? I was so nervous on Saturday, man. I, 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 couldn't sit still. I, I had to go out right before game time and do a shot. <laughs> back, you know, just to settle myself down to watch the game. And and then, and then they, they made it so easy for me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they jumped that lead. I was like, well, before, fifth, before, five to nothing. Like, oh, great. Awesome. Well, before we get to game six, let, let's go back to game uh, five and, and, and four. Uh, what was some of your favorite moments? And let's say game five. Well, first of all, what was the final score, Game 5? Final score, Game 5. Gosh, that's a good question. It's 10 to 4. It's 10 to 4. So what inning was it, Mike, where they had – didn't they have a breakout inning in Game 5 where they got like three or four runs in one inning? Yeah, they had they had a lot of breakout innings. So, Mike, what, what was the final score of Game 4? Uh, the final score of Game 4 was 10 to 2. Okay, that was that was the big, you know, the the big breakout game of every of the bats just went nuts in that game. They sure uh, did. They had they had two two huge innings. It was the fourth and the sixth innings in that game where the where the big uh, they had a four run, a four run fourth, and a five run sixth inning. Holy cow! <laughs> were you guys just going crazy or what? Where were you watching yeah. it at, Mike? Where were you watching it? I was watching it from the comfort of my uh, well-apportioned couch. <laughs> the sling box was working for you. Yeah, no, not the sling box. Sling TV. Oh, sling TV. Yeah, sling sling boxes. If you, that's well, that's a whole other thing. It's like TiVo, but nobody uses sling box anymore. <laughs> I just dated myself. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, <laughs> I actually have the uh, FS1 app on my phone man so i was at dinner one night and i like had it underneath the table <laughs> i was like uh-huh yeah sure <laughs> i was just watching the game but anyway tell me a little bit about game four the game four was the breakout game for russell and rizzo who had been struggling mightily um and by the fifth inning in that game both of them had homered and it looked like they were back because rizzo had actually had a, some decent at at bats or plate appearances in the uh, third game, he I believe he had a, a walk or two in that third game. Yeah, and then he had that broken uh, broken bat hit in the ninth inning. Yeah, right. So he was he he was you could tell Rizzo was close. It wasn't going to be long. Uh, but Russell, I didn't see that one coming right away at all, and it just kind of all of a sudden happened for him. Yeah, he looked lost until he finally you know hit that home run in game four. Yeah, yeah I put a I put a spark back into him. Yeah, he was excited after that, man. How old is he? He looks like he's like 19 years old, man. Young looking. I think it's 22 or 23. He looks like Black Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I remember Black Michael Jackson. He was the man. How old, good. How old is uh how's Fowler? Fowler I think is 30. Is he up there? Okay. Yeah, he's 30. And so, did did Russ did Russell have two home runs in that game? Uh, in that game, I well, I don't remember now. Okay, he may have had two home runs in that game. You if guys. it wasn't four, it was Game Five, where he had two home runs. And so, Game Five, what was your feelings going into Game Five after seeing the bats come alive in Game Four, and then finally being what was it? Two two at that point. Series tied. Yep, yep. I was I was very confident actually going into Game Five. You know, I, of course I was very nervous until you know they got some runs on the board. But after they started hitting and they got those first couple of runs, and I think they, I think that's one where Addison Russell, I believe it was the fourth inning. I think he hit a three run home run uh, in Game Five. You know, so the Cubs were up three to nothing. I was like, oh, okay. Thank goodness, you know, finally, 
you know. So I was confident from that point on. So, you know, game five was great. I knew I knew that Johnny could lock it down, you know, and then Dave Roberts and Mike even commented on this when when we were watching the game in, in a text that, you know, he was surprised. And, you know, looking back on it now, I, I, I would have to agree with Mike that, you know, I, I think Roberts, you know, made a mistake in taking my eight out so early, you know, and going to other guys in the bullpen, you know. Plus, I think that kind of you know, that sends a wrong signal, you know, to uh, to the opposing team. You know, if you got a guy like Maeda who's you know getting out after out, why in the world are you taking him out to put in a relief pitcher? I I don't get it. I mean, I suppose matchups, right? But you know, I mean, matchups don't matter when you're trying to get as many innings out of your guy as possible. And I think Mike, I what did you comment, Mike? That he was, you know, getting outs. He was getting guys out. Why is, you know, why is Roberts taking him out? I, I didn't get it, you know. So I mean, once they did take my eight out, you know, from then on, I was like, okay, it's on. <laughs> I mean, well, because it, I understand it's the playoffs. I think Roberts probably figured, you know, he wanted he wanted somebody that they were there. There were probably he felt like they were getting close to really breaking through, and he wanted to shut it down. The problem is the guys he was bringing in were uh, basically worse. Yeah. <laughs> they were worse at shutting it down than Maeda was. Bad. It was like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's like, they're um, like, my, like, my, my rear brakes, my rear brakes are not stopping this car. I'm going to pull off my front brakes. Yeah. They're like, you go camping and that's that crazy guy that shows up and he's like, oh, you want to light a fire? And he pulls out a big old, you know, can of uh, lighter fluid and he just starts squeezing it onto the fire, you know, and before even saying anything to anybody and all of a sudden the fire, everybody's got to jump back, you know, because the fires. Roberts, Roberts outsmarted himself a couple times in that series. The first, yeah, the first game where he pitched around Jason Hayward, the basically the easiest out in the Cubs lineup. Yeah. Pitched, yeah. Pitched, pitched around him to face Chris Coughlin, who didn't even bat. And then he got screwed by Montero on that grand slam. Yep. He played I mean, Madden's hands. And it's, it, he wouldn't even need a grand slam. A single there would have played it two runs and won the game. Yep. So it's just like, I don't know what he was trying to like, because the guy who's least likely to even get you a single, he just pitched around him, which was uh, bizarre to say the least. Very, very much so. <laughs> Well, so then there was game six, which, you know, I think there was a lot of anticipation going into that. I think the Cubs had a little win behind them. How are you guys feeling going into game six? Supremely confident. <laughs> so walk me I through. Was, I, was, I was sure that it was going to happen. I, that's why I was so nervous before the game. I was like, this is actually happening tonight. Like I knew it was going to happen. I didn't have any doubts that they were going to beat. They were going to beat him. Yeah. And they started off hot, right? Then they score two in the first inning. Yeah. He's Kershaw is what you saw in the game six is what I think everyone was waiting to see, which was a tired Clayton Kershaw who had injuries. He was not, he was gassed. he, he didn't have enough left in the tank. If he, if some miracle the Dodgers had made it to the World Series, I think the Indians would have taken care of them fairly easily because they have basically Kershaw and a bunch of number threes, basically, on that staff. <laughs> and Kershaw was not 100% by the end of that series. You could just see it by the second inning. He was he didn't have it anymore. Yeah, both, both uh, physically and uh, I think mentally, too. Yeah, they they put a lot on his shoulders, that's for sure. Kershaw showed a lot of uncharacteristic uh, negative emotion uh, during uh, Game 6 when he was in there, especially on Rizzo's home run. Oh, yeah. That home run, he turned around and he went down on one knee and put his, you know, hand on top of his head, you know, with his elbow bent in front of his face and, you know, looking down at the mound in the dirt and I'm just like, Whoa. Yeah. It's like, imagine if you were a Do- imagine if you were a Dodger fan, you know, and this is like, you know, one more game and you could be going to the world series or you could be going home and, you know, and your ace pitcher gives up a shot like that. And then to see that body language, I think as a Dodger fan, that's when I would be like, it's over. Yeah. I think, I think I would have felt that way after game four. 
<laughs> to be honest, where you had a chance to put them down three one and you got clobbered ten to two at home. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's where you. That's where you go. God, that one. That's the one because getting up three to one is that's a tough road to come back from. But yeah, I mean, a game five you'd probably feel pretty good. But listen, by the time. By the time the third inning rolled around, they'd only scored what three runs by that point. Yeah. Uh, you feel like you can probably come back from that, except that you look across the the field at the other dugout and you see uh, probably the reincarnation of Greg Maddox coming at you. And oh, I know, right? I don't think I don't think you're feeling real good about yourself at that point. I, I it's, it still amazes me to think about this. They faced Cubs pitchers combined between Hendricks and Chapman faced a combined 27 batters. No Dodger reached second base in that game. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Of the, of the guys that did get on base, either by walk or by hit, they were erased on the base paths uh, in double plays. Dude, that Hendricks dude is the real deal, man. Oh, yeah. Get ready to watch Kyle Hendricks dominate the league for a few years. Yeah. He looked good. And the funny thing is I'd never heard of him. So, but, you know, that's just me being a dummy. <laughs> out of nowhere. He really kind of came out of nowhere. Cinderella story. So, for for me, when Contreras first shot, that was when I jumped up and I'm like, oh, my God. You know, because I'll be honest, I felt like Mike, I was really confident going into into game six. I'm like, they're coming home. They've been playing good. You know, even the things that were happening on the diamond in games four and five, you know, like errors that the Cubs would make or, you know, Baez would go up and he, you know, laps for a couple of swings, you know, back into Baez of when he first came up a couple of years ago in September. He was, you know, striking out and swinging at everything, you know, and doing that big ass hobby swing. You know, he would lapse into that or he would make an error or somebody, you know. I remember there was a hit that went off of uh, in game number four off of Montgomery. And uh, then, it, you know, it bounced in it. And if Montgomery wouldn't even tried to field it, it would have been a double play ball. Russell would have had it fine at shortstop. And instead, it bounced off of Montgomery and Russell, that you know, in the background, they show Russell actually, you know, crawling on the ground, trying to, you know, you know, make his momentum go the other way to try to get the ball because it deflected off of Montgomery's hand. And, you know, those type of things when they happened in, you know, playoff games that meant something, you know, and in that, at that point in game four, the Cubs were down two to one, you know, to them. Those were the type of things that in the past would unnerve Cubs teams. In 03, that probably would have, you know, thrown that team off. You know, they didn't have it mentally. But these guys, they just, they play like they don't give a crap about 1945 or, 1908 or it's been 108 years you know it's, and that's a testament to joe madden well i it's mean really but javi baez is from puerto rico and he's what 22 you guys said i don't think he cares about what happened in 2003 or or all those other i think years. he cares about what happened in 2008 for that matter <laughs> yeah i mean and that's that's a good thing right these guys are just playing ball you know they're happy to be here they're happy to be in the majors you know they're happy yeah, to be on that team well, see, that's that's the thing about this team that you Cubs Cubs fans in general tend to do this thing where we put ourselves into the into the game as if as if we're that damn important, right? Like, like oh, we we haven't seen this. We carry around that that baggage. These guys don't carry around that baggage. They don't, and, and to the extent that they do, it's only because they you know, hear about it from people. If you just, just sort of let them be, let them have fun, let them be, you know, baseball players just playing a game and don't attach, you know, let's not attach generations of futility to the, to the laundry where, you know, I kind of saw it in the, after, after they won the other night, where, you know, everyone's crying and saying, well, if only my dad could have seen this, if only my mom was alive, my grandma, my grandpa, so-and-so. That that kind of thing is like, yeah, that would have been cool, but this has nothing to do with your grandpa and your grandma. This has nothing to do with 1969. This has nothing to do with 2003, 1998, 1989, 1984, 2008. 
This has to do with the 2016 Chicago Cubs. So just sit back and enjoy this team. Yeah. Stop trying to make this about every other team that didn't that broke your heart or whatever, because that has nothing to do with them. It's like holding holding your last girlfriend's uh, actions against your current girlfriend or your wife or whatever. It's it's ridiculous. It is. It is. In the media, it's like you know, I get it. It's a good story, so I understand why the media focuses on you know on that part of what's happening right now. But then, to your point, Mike, it's like, and then they'll interview you know a current cub fan and that's what they say is oh my grandpa would have been so happy if he could only see this so it's like they play into it too and i just you know i look at like i have a couple of buddies who have kids that are like you know they're nine or ten years old um and they love the cubs and all they know is this cubs team you know like the last three years and it's just like let these kids enjoy what they're seeing right now and they are their kids but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was kind of disappointed that Bill Murray was wearing that shirt. You know, I mean, luckily yeah, it, it turned out to be okay. But if they would have lost, you know, then he would have just been feeling stupid wearing that stupid thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see people walking around with their iPad going, oh, if only my grandparents had lived to see this sweet ass technology. I, God, they would have loved this iPad. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, has nothing to do with them. But, you know, I mean, there's, there, it's. I'm fine with like Kerry Wood wearing Ron Santos jersey just to sort of pay respects because he was the one that hung it in the dugout in uh, 2003 when Ronnie was sick and they were playing in the playoffs. But that that's about as far as I like to see that kind of stuff go. We don't we don't need to keep pulling. This is like when the Bears go to the Super Bowl. Stop bringing uh, the '85 Bears along <laughs> right. to the ride. You know what I mean? It's like there's nothing to do with them anymore. Let's just cut the past. That's what I think. In my opinion, when they when people say the goat was was killed uh, sa- uh, uh, Saturday night, and people go, no, 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 you still have four more games to win. It's like, no, no, what it did was it killed the specter of the goat out of the in the hearts. Like it was just a, a shaft of light piercing the, the dark hearts of Cub fans, and just going, look how awesome baseball can be. Look how much fun this can be. Yeah. And stop carrying your stupid baggage of fear with you everywhere, and just enjoy the damn game. And, you know, and that's what I really liked is that everybody that was at the game, to be able to clinch it in the way that they did at Wrigley, they were able to enjoy the game. So it wasn't like it was a two-to-one game or a three-to-four. You know, it was, I mean, that place was so loud. I mean, even like that stupid Scotty Pippen <laughs> take me out to the ball game thing it's like you can't be mad at that if you're winning oh, that's, <laughs> you no, that's a that's a comedy classic you have to <laughs> I saw put that, that one in a holster that one in the memory banks man that's that's a that's a keeper that's so yeah, funny uh, cue, cue that up cue that up <laughs> you you actually when you text me that mike i was in denver and uh i think it was like 6 30 and i was I mean, I had been in the airport for a couple hours and I was just getting groggy and just kind of like irritated. And then you sent that text and I watched it. I was cracking up at the airport. I was like, I needed that, man. <laughs> it was long. I, I was standing on the train platform and they're playing it on the radio and they said, then Scotty Pippen did this. And they played it. And I was laughing out loud on the train platform, my headphones and people giving me weird looks. I was just like, no, it's, you know, it's Monday morning, whatever. I'm just loopy. listen to Pippin butcher a song that he's clearly never heard before in his life and it's like at first I'm like is he drunk (laughs) I was like oh my god just that dumb that's hilarious but I mean so Mike how long did you uh, stay up after the game was over and me and Jim were talking about this offline a little bit before you got on I stayed up for like two hours after I had gotten back from like a late dinner at midnight and just watched all that stuff on ESPN. But Jim, I imagine you, what's that? No, you were just asking me how long I stayed up. uh, It was a good, uh, maybe, I think it was probably a little after midnight when I went to bed because the last, that double play happened at 9.45, I believe, to end the game. And... Well, this, yeah, it's another interesting story. I think you guys already knew this because I texted you at the time. Uh, it was the middle of the eighth inning. My wife called me to pick her up from work. Oh. And uh, I don't have I don't have a DVR, so I can't pause the, I can't pause live TV. So I was like, all right, well, 
hopefully they score a bunch of runs or something happens where it just like, you know, they switch a couple pitchers. God knows what's going to go on, but I didn't know. Cause at that point they hadn't brought Chapman in yet. So, uh, I was, I didn't know what was going to happen in that inning. So I'm like, if I'm lucky, this inning will drag out a little while and I'll be able to get home for the ninth inning. Cause it only takes about 15 minutes, 20 minutes, give or take there and back. And I got pulled up in front of the restaurant and the lights were all on. They were vacuuming and still picking up. And I thought, oh crap, this is that's easily 10 minutes worth of work they have to do still. Yeah. And I, I happened to hear the end of the inning. And then the Cubs inning went really uh, quick, the bottom of the eighth. They, they didn't really put up much of a – I could tell they were, didn't really care at that point. They had a nice five-run cushion. They didn't care if they scored or not. I don't think anybody was really trying to work long at bats there. But and then Chapman came in, strikes out the first guy. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. And then he walked a guy. I'm like, hey, maybe I'll get home in time to see something. <laughs> And then the first pitch to the next guy gets the double play at us. But I, luckily I got to hear Pat Pat's call, which is, I mean, Joe Buck's call. I heard later, I watched the ninth inning uh, later on uh, and I was able to kind of take it all in and visually, but Joe Buck's call was fine. I think they might've cut his mic right after he said the Cubs won the pennant because it was dead silent on the announcer's end for about two minutes. I've never heard Joe Buck shut up for that long. So <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. New York said, Hey Joe, we're cutting your mic. Yeah, he's a joke. Now, was it like when that happened, though? Could you hear stuff like people screaming out on the streets from people's houses? Was it like a collective? Because you were in the city, right? I mean, you're in Chicago. I was, I was, yeah, I was up in the, in the north. So I was uh, like right by Superdog. Oh, yeah. In Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I heard fireworks going off. People had saved some stuff. Obviously, it was some big boomers. Yeah. Big, ba-da-boom, ba-da-boom, big. <laughs> so, Jim, how did you... Uh... How did you celebrate? How did you feel? Oh man, I was up to like three in the morning. <laughs> I watched I watched every freaking after highlight package show interview post game with the manager, all the players in the locker room. When they went back out on the field, I was I was about everything Cubs. <laughs> oh my god! Because what time did that game end? Uh, in out here in California. It was like 7.45, man. Oh, my God. You, uh, <laughs> you were up till 3 a.m.? <laughs> yeah, dude. It got done early, man. Oh, dude. My... That's like seven hours of cubdom right there. I know. Oh, and I, was losing, man. I, have a, I have a new appreciation for, for you, Mike. Forget <laughs> Because I was, like, catching those games out on the East Coast. That's ridiculous, man. How late they go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. like... Just just imagine if you had been on the East Coast watching that, that oh, yeah. uh, interminable game in San Francisco where Bryant tied it up in the ninth inning. Yeah. That oh, my God. That... <sighs> I happened to be uh, – I was out for dinner. I, we went down to Georgetown. We were staying in Maryland, so we drove down to Georgetown. Went to this dinner, and, and it was like this really super fancy restaurant. But, dude, we lucked out. We were like right by the bar. They had a TV up at the bar. So, of course, there was some dude and his wife that were from Oak Park <laughs> at the bar watching the game. And uh, there was this other table by us, and they were all from Chicago. So it was kind of cool. I didn't feel too bad, like, sneaking a peek or, you know, jumping up and, you know, whatever they would score and stuff like that. But, man, as soon as they won, the dude at the bar would start doling out shots like there was no tomorrow, man. He must have bought, like... 30 shots for, I think there were six of us watching the game. <laughs> that was crazy, Yikes. man. They were going nuts in there. So I, I was just like, I wish, can you imagine what it was like in Chicago? And you saw a little bit of it on, on TV. But it's like, why do they have to keep going to Murphy's Bleachers? I mean, I don't, that's not the first bar that comes to mind when I think of Wrigley Bill's. Yeah, but you're from you know about Chicago. See these this is media from out of town. They just go, Oh, Murphy's Witchers, that's the cub bar. Let's put our camera in there. That's true. That probably had totally different coverage. I'd have put my camera in the metro and been like, Hey, Derek Carter's about to play. Let's check that out. <laughs> no doubt. Let's celebrate right. So tomorrow's the big night. So how do you guys feel about Cleveland? Cleveland. 
Cleveland rocks, man. <laughs> it's no Chicago. It's no Chicago. Let's just put it that way. I feel pretty confident. I I like the I like the matchup. You know, uh, Francona has used his best pitcher a lot. So, I hope Andrew Miller has gotten his rest. Okay, because who are, who are they going with in Game One? They're going with Kluber. Kluber's hittable. And I got news for you. The, the Cubs are going to have a, a surprise DH in the lineup in game one tomorrow night. His name is Kyle Schwarber. Is that confirmed? It's not confirmed, but I mean, if, if I they. S- I saw you- something on, on Twitter earlier. He flew by private plane to Cleveland tonight. Uh, he is penciled in as the DH for game one. Oh, yep, my God, dude. That's crazy. So- which? So I don't. I mean, they're. It can't be any worse than Hayward. So I'm not. In that case, it looks. It, the worst case scenario, if he sucks it up for the first two games, and they just go, "Wow, we really can't do this much longer." It's possible they could just go. Yeah, he aggravated his knee in game two. He's going back on the DL. Yeah. And then they just put another player in his place because they're allowed to do that. And there's no, just you know, MLB can't. Say no. He he must play now. You can. You're allowed to not play your players based on a doctor's evaluation. So it'd be you know it'd be kind of a sneaky way to do it. But yeah, hey, it's, it's not as if it's to your advantage to lose a player either. But so I, I don't know. I, I, we'll see how he does. It's just I, I don't think I don't anticipate him coming out and lighting up scoreboards or anything right away. But knowing how this season has gone, it wouldn't at all surprise me if he gets a game-winning home run in one of these games. <laughs> it's funny because I vaguely remember, I can't remember if it was which one of you it was, but when he got hurt at the beginning of the season, I remember you guys saying, you know, how cool it would be for him to be able to come back in time to play, like, in a World Series. You know, of course, all of that at that time was just conjecture, but here we are, you know, that's pretty crazy, man. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm wondering what spot that they're going to put him in. I'm guessing, I'm guessing they're going to bat him uh, fourth. They're, I'm guessing they're going to replace uh, Zobrist, uh, his spot. I mean, Zobrist will still play, of course, but uh, I, his spot. I wouldn't. If it was up to me, I don't know what Joe Madden's going to do. I would not bat him fourth. Don't put an easy out in the middle of that lineup. You need to keep that line moving. I would put him down just to test him out. If you're going in game one. He's only played in two Arizona Fall League games yet. He, I mean, come on, the dude's he's not ready for a number four spot. He's you put him yeah, seven, yeah. seven or eight. Yeah, yeah. And you don't want to put him in that. You don't want to give, put him in that position either. Put that pressure. No, because the guys, the guys, two and three guys are going to be on base a lot. I don't want Kyle Schwarber going up there and failing. You know, a couple times with a bunch of guys on base. That's that's not good for his confidence either. But they're going to have some big left-handed bats tomorrow night. They're going to have Fowler will bat left-handed, Zobrist will bat left-handed, Rizzo, of course, is left-handed, Schwarber is left-handed. Uh, the real question is who do you who's playing who's playing right field tomorrow night? Is he going to stick with Hayward or is he going to bring Hayward in late and start Elmora and right? I think he's going to start Hayward for his lefty bat. And so is the so two games in the first two in uh, at Wrigley or at in Cleveland? First two are in Cleveland because of the All Star rule, the this time it oh, counts yeah. rule. Oh yeah. So yeah, I think that it's clearly that needs to change back to either alternating years or best record um, because it's pretty pointless. Now, granted, it actually works out in the Cubs' favor because if they can jump on one of these games uh, at the Jake, they can probably wrap it up on Sunday night at Wrigley. Um, but I mean, that's not a guarantee, but it's a nice mathematical possibility. And uh, I'm just curious to see what the morning commute would look like the Monday after a world series win at Wrigley, but I'm pretty sure it'd be pretty light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's, going on, what's going on on Jimmy's end? <laughs> No, that was me. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sounded okay. like you were choking or something, man. You're no, it was, right? a, it was a video. A video ad popped up. All <laughs> right. Edit at 4748. 
Note, edit, 47-48. But so, yeah, they're going it's Leicester versus uh, Kluber tomorrow night. So that's that means uh, Ross will be catching in game one. So that means Baez will probably be at second base, which means uh, Zobrist in, in right, Fowler in center. Hay- Hayward, I would guess, unless I'm wrong. And uh, it would be Almora then probably uh, in right. Uh, Rizzo, Baez, uh, Russell, Bryant, and then uh, there you go. I'm going to go out on a limb and make a prediction as we were talking about guys running on Lester. Uh, Francona is going to have one of his guys, if they get on base in the first couple innings, test Lester. And I predict, my prediction is that Ross, Baez uh, combined for a put out at second base in one of the first two innings and they don't run from there. Well, you, you heard it here, folks. You heard it here first. Yeah. Yeah. I feel real confident going into into game one. I feel really confident about game two. They haven't announced it. I don't think, uh, unless they've announced it there in Chicago, Mike, who the starter for the Cubs is in game two, but the starter for the Indians in game two is uh, Trevor Bauer. Uh, Mr. I was fixing my drone and I sliced my pinky almost off. Oh, yeah. Uh, the guy that could only go like two thirds of an inning in his last start, and then all of a sudden he had a freaking gusher of blood coming out of his pinky. I think by game four, Andrew Miller is going to be suffering from Kershaw syndrome. He's going to be gassed. Yep. Because they're going to have to, Francona's going to be like, well, here goes Andrew Miller, plug him in here for two or three innings. And by game three, Andrew Miller is just going to not have it anymore. He's going to have a rubber arm. Um, I think, I, they haven't officially announced it, but I think the the word is that it's he's uh, Madden's going to go Lester, Arietta, Hendricks, and then see if Lester can go on short rest again if, ne- if necessary. I don't think they want to pitch Lackey if they don't have to. Really? Yep. I didn't come here for a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> came here for came here for jewelry. That <laughs> <laughs> dude's such a redneck. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting. Um, I can't believe it. Is there a chance that this series will go till November? Yeah, I mean, game six and seven would be November first and second. So there'd be the the off day would be Halloween. Game five is on the thirtieth. So if they win it, then it'll be the night before Halloween. Uh, if it goes to six or seven, yeah, then it'll be the first two days of November. Actually, if there's a game seven, it'll be election night. Oh wow, that'll be a trip. <laughs> it's funny because I'm going to be in Vegas for the next few days, and so I looked up the odds, and obviously the Cubs are the favorite to win this whole thing. So the only way I could really make money is I could put a hundred hundred bucks down on Cleveland to win hundred and seventy bucks. Otherwise, I could put a hundred ninety bucks down on the Cubs and win a hundred bucks. I put it down on the Cavaliers opener. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. That's what is happening, uh, I believe, across the street. The same night tomorrow night, it's happening uh, simultaneous to the Indians playing in Game One of the World Series, the Game One of the NBA season. They're raising the banner tomorrow night, so. For any luck, there will be a lot more Cubs fans than, than Indians fans in their own park because half of them will want to go to see the Cavs banner raising. Wow, that's quite the conundrum to have if you have tickets yeah. to both. But screw Cleveland. Well, they better go and watch them raise the banner and get their rings because I got news for them. Good pitching always beats good hitting. And the Cubs have better pitching than the Indians. The Cubs rotation going into the World Series uh, looks as solid as you can possibly get. Three number one guys. And who's your number four guy? You got the Cowboy John Lackey with a ton of playoff experience who can go out there and give you five solid innings if he has to. You know, limit them to one, two, three runs. And then you can depend on your offense. And this the Cubs offense has shown in the last uh, three games – of the uh, championship series that they can put runs on the board. So 
you know, I, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to predict a, a World Series win for the Cubs. I, I think they're going to finish the job. They got their, you know, they everybody on the team has said, and you know, the post game interviews after they clinched uh, one of the World Series, that uh, you know we got four more. So I think they feel the same way. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say Cubs in five. Cubs in five. That'll work. Cubs in six. I tell you what, for me, it's been nice to have this the Cubs distraction because the Bears suck. And, I mean, I'm not really looking forward to anything as far as the Bulls are concerned. The White Sox, White Sox suck. But most importantly, I'm happy for you guys, man. You guys got to be stoked. Uh, you guys have been waiting for this for a minute. And I'm having fun. I mean, I'm having fun as a baseball fan, as a Chicago fan, just just watching this series, man, and having an opportunity to chat with you guys. So let's bring it home. Can you let's imagine the lift that it's going to give that, that team tomorrow night when Kyle Schwarber comes out of the dugout? And you know how they do before the first game of the World Series. They come out and they announce the, the whole starting lineup. They announce the, all the whole team, even all the coaches, the bullpen catcher, the whole bit. Everybody lines up on the line. Can you imagine the lift that it's going to give those boys on the Cubs when Schwarber is announced as the starting DH? I mean, if he, if he comes out with a Willis Reed jersey on, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to come out. He's going to come out with with a with a big old beard like Kurt Gibson. <laughs> and yeah, Willis. If he hits a- if he hits a home run, if he hits a home run, I'm going to require him to do the fist pump around second, like Gibson. To do the gip. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all that this Cubs team. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Kyle Schwarber hit a home run his first at bat. I, I I honestly wouldn't. First pitch, fastball right down the plate. Yeah. Yeah, they try to challenge him, and Schwarber says, "What? Let's see how good you are. Gets the bat around." Oh, this is how good I am. Oh, my yeah. gosh, man. That would be sick. I wouldn't be surprised in the least. <laughs> so uh, we'd like to thank you for uh, for tuning us in, for turning us on uh, here on Red Ivy Podcast. Yeah, I'm um, about to drop out. I'd like to I'd like to thank uh, Mr. About to Drop Out, uh, Mike Goodhart, and also our uh, our producer, uh, Mr. Mr. Davis, Mr. Mark Allen Davis for being here this evening uh so everybody be be sure to check us out uh we will be uh watching the world series and i'm sure we'll be uh posting some stuff and texting and doing some twitter check us out on twitter check us out on facebook check us out on instagram yeah by the way about the twitter let's let's get an uh let's get a new avi up there it's looking like an egg oh yeah i don't have that on there on the twitter okay yeah, man, it starts to, start to look like a trump bot or something <laughs> okay i'll put that up there all so right go go until next time Sway. You know that thing your boyfriend does that you like so much? We're better. Seriously. Phantomsway.com. <laughs>